Well, hey, beautiful people. Happy really Wednesday night, but it's my Friday night because I officially start vacation now. Even though I'm not going anywhere, I'm already on the productive side. Laundry going. I made homemade banana nut muffins for the first time ever. I have made the commitment. Part of the deal is with the... 75 hard is to eat the food that's in my house to try to get rid of it. So almond flour I've had for a while. So that's why I made banana nut muffins. And I have to say they came out pretty badass. So I'm excited about that. All right. We are going to continue with Recovery Dharma because I'm enjoying it. And the more I read it to be able to share it with you, the more I think I'm starting to grasp it. And it's very intriguing to me. So even though I finished the book, I feel like I'm getting more value working with you on it. So we're going to talk tonight. We finished the Four Noble Truths. And now we're going to talk about the Eightfold Path, which was that list of all the things that begin with whys, it seemed to be. So here goes. The first one is the one we're going to talk about tonight. Where the heck are they? So why? So the list is wise understanding, wise intention, wise speech, wise action, wise livelihood, wise effort, wise mindfulness, and wise concentration. So we're going to focus on wise understanding tonight. As people engaged in the world, rather than withdrawn from it, we can use wise understanding to live without clinging, attachment, or craving. By paying attention to our actions and the results of those actions, we can begin to change where our choices are leading. If we intend to act in ways that have positive results, and if we're aware of the true intention and the nature of our actions, then we'll see better results. Better meaning less suffering and less harm. I'm not sure what level of believing you're in when it comes to this stuff, but I will share with you, my niece, I, I think I've said this to you before, is she said to me a few different times, she's like, wow, I act like a better human being and I get treated like a better human being. She's like, I've just been doing a better job and then all these things keep lining up. You know, she got hired for a job right out of the bat. Uh, she loves money and money keeps showing up. So she's like, it seems like, the better human being I am, the more I get rewarded for being a better human being. Not that that was what was driving her. It just worked out that way. And I love that she recognized that. The word karma literally means action or doing. Any kind of intentional act, mental, verbal, or physical, is a kind of karma. I had no idea about this, guys. I reread this paragraph like a hundred times. Skillful skillful or wise actions strengthen our sense of balance, kindness, compassion, loving, and equanimity. I like that word. That's a fun word. When we act unskillfully or unwisely, when we steal, lie, take advantage of somebody else, or cause intentional harm based on our own cravings or delusions, it creates an immediate sense of imbalance. It fights with our intention to avoid harming others. Karma is determined by our attention and applies to any volitional, 
purposeful action. The results of our volitional actions may be an increase in our happiness or may lead to additional suffering. There is no actor apart from action and there is no action without intention. I think that's where we normally say, you know, karma gets you. Like if someone does a bad thing, they're going to get more suffering. And if someone does a good thing, they're going to get rewarded, essentially. I don't think it actually works that way. Very black and white. But I think as a general society, a lot of us believe that, that it does work that way or that karma will get those people. Or maybe that's just a way of making us feel better when people do things that maybe they shouldn't do or that are harmful to other people. It's important to note that being responsible for our own happiness and suffering doesn't mean we're responsible for hurts or traumas that have been done to us by others or by circumstances out of our control. So I highlighted that sentence. I think it's, I think it's super important to call this out. Many of us have very real experiences of victimization, oppression, and trauma through no fault of our own. The pain from these experiences should be met with compassion and care, not minimized or pushed away. In recovery, we learn that we don't have to add an extra layer of suffering to this pain. We can begin to heal rather than let these experiences control or limit us. Without discounting or ignoring the ongoing effects of the trauma in our lives, we begin to understand that our reactions when the trauma comes up for us now can change our experience of suffering and happiness. Crucial, crucial paragraph. So if something happened to you, something bad happened, let's say you were in a car accident as a, as a younger person and you know, maybe there's still an ache or a bone or a, something that's still residual from it. What I'm reading out of this is that maybe, the, you know, the car accident wasn't your fault, but it's still real and it could still, you're still a victim of the accident and it was still trauma, even though it wasn't your fault. But you have to carry the burden of that. And that's what it's saying. You don't have to carry the extra layer of burden by hanging on to just the pain. You could start healing. Maybe not all the physical stuff can go away, but the mental stuff. Maybe, maybe you were too scared to get your license after being in an accident like that. So overcoming that fear and, and taking away some of the power that might be in that situation. And the reason I think this is important is because if we dwell on that, these are the, the kinds of things that we're pushing in our negative bucket that bubble up and we go gamble. Like, or it sets us up to go gamble because that's how we're dealing with these traumas and these issues. So I, I like the way that they framed that and explained it. So you can treat it with compassion and care. So yeah, this sucks but it doesn't mean that my life is over. And, and this could be anything. This could be bad relationships, um, childhood abuse. I mean, there's so many things. When it's done to you, it doesn't mean it's your fault. That's the essence of this. 
The Buddhist perspective is that our present mental, moral, intellectual, and emotional circumstances are the direct result of our actions and habits, both past and present. How we choose to respond when confronted with pain or discomfort will change our ability to skillfully deal with suffering when it arises. We can also take solace in the fact we're not alone, that every person has difficult and unpleasant experiences. It's how we respond to the pain that determines our experience. You guys have heard a lot about me expressing gratitude for my past and and for reflecting on anything and everything in my past because it got me exactly to this moment, exactly where I'm supposed to be. If, If you can find a way to turn those situations, whether it's mental, moral, intellectual, or emotional, as it says, if you can find a way to change, reframe that and and figure it out so that you're not hanging on to that and that's not what's dictating your personality, the chances of getting over an addiction go up it's a whole lot easier to survive and thrive and live well in the world. Here are the questions for wise questions for inquiry of wise understanding. I don't know that I have answers to all of these, but I'll read them out loud and maybe you'll have answers to some of these. Think of a situation in your life that is causing confusion or unease. All right, so I don't have... A, Oh, all right. I can think of a situation. I got some relatives that are acting a little, a, a little crazy. <laughs> um, there's some sort of squabble and it keeps blowing up because no one will just sit down in the same room and talk. And then other people are getting dragged into this. So what is the truth of this situation? The truth is two people didn't see eye to eye and it's getting blown way out of proportion. Am I seeing clearly or am I getting lost in judgment, taking things personally and stories you're telling yourself or repeating past messages you've internalized? And how am I doing that? So in this situation, um, I saw both. Well, I saw one of the people involved in the argument and then I got a phone call from another one. Now, I knew about the argument a little bit, but it really was none of my business, so I didn't think much of it and it's still none of my business so I didn't dig deep into it well because one of the people in the argument came to my house and I posted it on Facebook innocently not even thinking the person not speaking to them that's upset with them called me I was like well what are you doing you know associating with this person what was this about so here's the thing I Well, see, I want this to be a teaching moment, (laughs) but essentially how I, so what am I telling myself? I'm telling myself that I'm not in the middle of it and I'm trying hard to not be in the middle of it, but I'm also telling myself that I care. I don't want to create a lot of worry around this. I got to reread the question because I was trying to explain to you. Am I seeing things clearly or are you getting lost in judgment? I might be judging a little that I think they should just kind of like kiss and make up for lack of a better word. Taking things personally and stories I'm telling myself. I don't think I am taking it personally. I think that it's impacting my mother and a lot of other people and it's going to impact a lot of things, things that I can't control. 
Um, so I have a little concern for that, but I can't hang on to that. Is my vision clouded by greed, hatred, confusion, clinging, attachment, or craving? How? In this particular case, it's really not. It's just, well, I'm confused a little of how it could be so bad. And yeah, there's maybe some clinging that I want things to be the way it used to be. But I don't think it's necessarily clouded. Like I'm a believer. And again, thank you guys for being here every day because I'm going to practice what I preach. That if like this is between the two of them, it's not it's not my battle. And I was asked today by my mother, like, well, what are you going to do? Like, there's a situation where they would both always be, you know, golf. I would golf with both of them whenever I go to Connecticut or whoever was available. And she's like, well, who are you going to golf with? And I'm like, well, I'll set up a tea time and everybody's invited. And if they want to come, they can come. If they don't, then they don't. Like, everybody gets to make up their own mind. That's kind of the beautiful part of the world we live in <laughs> is we get to make up our own mind. So I hope that learning a little bit about these eight pathways, I already forgot the name. Oh my God. I can't close the book. Eight, eight folds path, eight folds path. I'm learning. So that was wise understanding. So tomorrow we'll look at wise intention. Well, that'll be interesting too. Because understanding is one thing and kind of seeing things clearly, but intention is, I wonder how much that has to do with how we like to control things. I guess we'll find out tomorrow. All right, beautiful people. I will chat with you in the morning. Have a good evening.